I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Welcome to episode 169 of the Canto Bite Dispatch. I'm Emily Lind, and with me, as always, my delightful co-host, Brittany Brown. Hi, Brittany. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. It's been a week, of course. Yeah. The holidays are approaching, and yeah, the holidays are approaching, and I don't know. It just, don't, don't you hate... When just people are shitty, things are shitty, and I think that's it. Yeah. Those are two things you don't want to be shitty, people and things. Yeah. Unfortunately, they often are. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, a a chapter of my life has closed, and another chapter is beginning, and... um. Something I thought I wanted to do as a career is no longer an option for a couple of reasons. Uh, One of them just being that it's just not something I want to do and not something that interests me or motivates me anymore. So I am off to find the things that motivate me and want to help me become a better person, a more helpful person, a more useful person for, you know, society or I don't know. So I'm kind of on this like interesting journey, but it's nice to know that I have finally closed that chapter, even though it it hurts, but that's just how life is. Yeah. I mean, it sucks, but I mean, hopefully you can you know, work on figuring out what you do want to do and whatever next. And and it's it's a hard it's hard when that happens, but hopefully something better will come out of it. I hope so. I believe everything happens for a reason and as painful of an of an experience this was, it has definitely made me a stronger and wiser person and I don't know. It's it's almost good when stuff like this happens because it makes you realize like what you want and what you don't want and what your life could have been if you would have gotten the thing that ended up not being the right thing. Yeah. But 
and of course this has to happen like during the holidays when you know things are already stressful slash exciting I don't know as it is but the holidays are a lot different this year because of you know the virus and the fact that you know we should be not really celebrating even though you see all those pictures of all the people that are, you know, at the airport or here or there, you know, all the travelers, all the it's crazy. Just seeing yeah. how just nothing is affected. But it's nice to know that, you know, the five of us, you know, my family members still live together and we're just, you know, having something like together, something intimate, something, you know, that's easy because it's just the five of us. Oh, that's good. I mean, at least you yeah, I mean, you know, since you're all together, you can do that maybe you know a little smaller than usual but yeah I don't know or just spend it with people that we you know have over often or just you know just family members yeah not like extended family or like people we met yesterday (laughs) (laughs) but yeah how are you how's your week been well, you know, it was short. It's good. You know, like I have Thursday. And, I mean, obviously Thursday off work, but I have Friday off too. And that's good. Just not going to do anything for a while. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to read yeah. and watch The Crown. And that is about the extent of my plans. Where are you at The Crown? I'm season two near the end. I just finished the episode where... um she has the run-in with Jackie Kennedy. Ooh. Okay, were you weirded out that Michael C. Hall played JFK? It's very weird because for the most part, like, the actors sort of look like the people they're playing. And Michael C. Hall does not look at all like John Kennedy like at all so it was a slightly it was a slightly uh, weird choice I thought for something that like I know because I always like I often look up the real people and go oh they kind of look like that person or I mean in the case of John Lithgow looks incredibly like him but yeah, it was it was definitely the biggest uh, gap between the real person and, and just because like, I mean Kennedy is so iconic that to have it be Dexter was a little bit weird. It really was because I think when I first like saw him, I was like, "Who is that supposed to be?" And I was almost <laughs> embarrassed when because I have the subtitles on. And it says John F. Kennedy. I'm like, motherfucker! Like, she's flawless though. They they did Jackie really well. Yeah, so it just like almost makes it more disconcerting because you immediately see her and go, "Okay, she's Jackie Kennedy," but you look at him and go, "That's just that's just Michael C. Hall." Yeah. Again, looking literally nothing like John Kennedy because they don't look alike. <laughs> so odd. But what do you think overall of season two? It's been good so far. Um, I like that we've gotten some more focus on on um, Princess Margaret, who I like a lot, and um, on Philip, who I do not like, but I think is like incredibly interesting. 
Yeah, it's it's definitely hard to sympathize with him. Just he just doesn't seem like he's a good guy. Like, you know, a good husband, a good anything, really. I mean, you'll find out, you know, in later episodes. But yeah, I'm just not the biggest fan of him. And it's hard for me to like him. Like, I just I get annoyed whenever I see him on screen because I just see like enraged, like masculinity. Yeah, it's interesting because I guess, I mean, you know, like I've just sort of always known him as old dude who like says inappropriate and racist shit a lot, but not like, but that kind of asshole versus like, oh, like being horrible to your wife kind of asshole. And making her make you a prince so that you don't leave her. Oh my God. Trash. That was so fucking pathetic. He's like so enthused and wanting this like reputation and he hates being her shadow and which is like very strange. I mean, of course, like during the times like that probably would have been normal, but she's the queen for God's sake, you know? Yeah. And, how- yeah. and I get that it's not like, and in, I mean, I mean, look, in some ways, in a lot of ways, incredibly privileged, but also like an incredibly weird way to live. And I get that, but he's such a dick. He is, and he's a dick to everyone, too. Like in one of the episodes in the very beginning of season one, when he's like mocking the headpieces of some people and, you know, making fun of their hats. And Elizabeth is like, those are crowns. Yeah. Idiot. But definitely something that, you know, has broken my heart during season two was the treatment of Princess Margaret. Like all she ever wanted was was to get married and that wasn't allowed. You know, Peter and her just fit together so well. You just see how they look at each other and you know that's true love. You know that's meant to be. And the fact that it wasn't allowed was cruel and stupid and I hate every part of it. Well, what really just sucked is how much she got, like, jerked around with it. Like, at being told, like, wait two years and then you can guys can go and get married, no problem. And then it being like, nah. And just the idea of Parliament being able to approve or disapprove of your marriage is, like, bananas. It's ridiculous. And it's ridiculous of Queen Elizabeth, too, you know, when she was told about, like, the act of... 1776 I don't even know I I think I don't know why 1776 came in mind but um (laughs) different different thing but yeah yeah like wouldn't you think that she would look into it like she trusted the prime minister's you know explanation about you know how she should wait two years how she should wait until she's like 25 or something then she gets to 25 and they're like uh yeah no and then you go back to you know the conversation that her dad had with Margaret and Elizabeth when they were younger to you know always have their backs and stand up for each other and Elizabeth didn't do that and I know that it was protocol and yada 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 but I mean I almost think that that her dad would have allowed it because it's what she wanted I mean the fact that Elizabeth was able to marry Peter not Peter uh Philip like that was that was fucking risky yeah yeah, no, that that was that was a hard storyline to watch because I like her. But it does mean we got Matthew Good as the also not a good guy photographer, but he's super fucking sexy. 
they both are. Their scenes together are just electricity. Yeah, yeah but that <laughs> that sex scene between him and the dancer in his studio when it's like going back and forth between him like taking pictures of her and then like having sex and I'm like this this is like it is crazily hot but also at the same time like absolutely heartbreaking because he's like you know obviously agrees to marry margaret to impress his mom which is just a whole other thing but you just really feel for margaret again you know that's all she's ever wanted and you know she's not really getting a good partner yeah No, they're all bad people. I mean, mostly they're just terrible people, though. I just really miss Winston Churchill. (laughs) John Guthrie was so good. So good. I miss seeing him. He was great. Like, what a performance. But, yeah. I hate Tommy LaSalle's, but I love seeing him on the screen because he's just so good. Like, he's just such a good actor, just the way that he just is always having that resting bitch face. Like, you hate him, but you love him. Yeah, just this sort of, like, the super tradition, officious, like, that's that's a fun character, and he does a good job. Yeah. I also, I really liked the episode where um, Elizabeth finds out all of um, her uncle's ties to Nazism. That was intense. That was a really well done episode. That was because you definitely sympathize him with him, you know, getting kicked out, you know, because he chose love over the crown and you definitely feel for him, you know, until you find out that uh, he uh, was kind of friendly with Hitler. And, you know, you see the photos of him, you know, shaking Hitler's hand and with the Nazis and in Germany. And you just think, like, why the fuck did this happen? And how is she finding this out now? And it just it's so sad because you sympathize with him. You're rooting for him. And then he just turns out. To be a I, Nazi sympathizer. Or not I, was, Nazi, I wasn't yeah. entirely rooting for him because I knew some of the Nazi stuff, but not the extent of it. Yeah, I didn't know any of it, so it was interesting learning. I feel like, you know, that joke when you watch, like, The Crown and you just become, like, in, an enthusiast of all, like, royal, like, history. Like, that's, like, <laughs> me right now. Like, I just... I'm always scrolling like Wikipedia and like learning about like Princess Margaret or Prince Philip or you know, some shit. Like it's it's really interesting. Like I know the show is, you know, fabricated like a little bit of it, but wouldn't you think that at least like some of it is true? Yeah, and obviously it's got to be I mean to a certain extent because they're like not getting sued for libel or anything. It's it's wild that this show is on the air where a lot of these people are still alive. Yeah, it it's really interesting. And, you know, I'm, I'm way on to, you know, season four, you know, when we're seeing Princess Diana and just seeing what they're, you know, doing and saying. And it just, it's really interesting, like, just what they're getting away with and what the show is showing us, you know, knowing that maybe some of this actually happened many years ago. And it just, it's really unfortunate and sad. And it's almost depressing watching this sometimes 
which is perfect for me lately. But it it's, it sucks that you know a lot of lives were changed and a lot of lives were affected, you know, because of the crown. And it sucks. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm hopefully get some more watch this weekend. But overall, highly enjoyable show. I don't know why it took me so long to watch it, but I really like it. Yeah, I I definitely recommend it for everyone to watch. It's really good, slightly educational if you want it to be like we have. <laughs> but yeah, it's really good. No, there have been times when I'm just like, you know, like wondering. Cause there's just tons of like after every episode, you can find an article being like, what if this is actually true? And what if it is, you know, based on supposition or just completely made up? But it's sort of fun to have that. Yeah. I know I'm really excited for you to get to the end of the season because like um, some interesting stuff goes down and we learn more about like young Prince Charles and I don't know that stuff interested me. Okay. Um, should we talk about some Star Wars? Yeah, let's let's do it. Okay. Um. We have a little bit of stuff to talk about. One not great thing is this came out um, last week. And apparently uh, Disney has not paid royalties to Alan Dean Foster for four years now. Um, Alan Ian Foster has written a bunch of Star Wars books, including um, like was it like Shards of the Empire? Is that what it's called? A lot of old, like really popular EU stuff. He also recently wrote um, the Force Awakens novelization, and he's written for other properties too. Like he's done um, Aliens. I know he wrote novelizations for, and Disney's legal argument supposedly is that when they bought Lucasfilm and I guess with Aliens it'd be Fox they bought the rights to print the books but not the obligation to pay royalties on them which is a absolute bananas argument and if it is allowed then that could like be used to screw over so many people in terms of you could just like you know a publishing company could just sell something to a sell in quotes something to a sister company being like hey we don't owe you royalties anymore hmm yeah it's it's a weird argument um it doesn't seem like one that would like stand up and i hopefully hopefully it doesn't and gets worked out because it's really it's really screwed up um I mean, I know he's like a like popular amongst like people who are into the EU and other stuff. But even if his even if it wasn't like that's still screwed up, and they're you know they're making a lot of money off his book still. And yeah, you need to um, pay people for that. Yeah, it's heartbreaking that this is still a thing that you know people aren't being you know paid for the work that they graciously do for you know, big companies, you know, like Disney or, you know, like other big companies like Taylor Swift's going through that right now with Scooter Braun, which is annoying and painful to see. And it just sucks, you know, all the people that 
go through that that aren't rewarded for their art. Yeah, and it's good. Like, like you know, and so stuff is it still in print that's still selling and still making Disney money? And like, it's just again, it's such a weird argument, which is like, we bought the right to print and sell your books, but that we don't have to pay you is uh, I don't know. It's it's uh, the ramifications of that if if it stands are uh, really bad. It's dumb. Like it, it should be just as simple as just let him get paid. But unfortunately, it's not, which is really shitty. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, hopefully that gets resolved. I mean, they've gotten uh quite a bit of bad press over it. Um. Because it's sort of like, I mean, for you know, good reason, spread like wildfire over authors on Twitter and stuff. And I know, um, like the science fiction writers association has taken up it up and stuff like that because he, he put in a, a grievance claim but yeah yeah so hopefully hopefully disney you know backs down and pays him yeah i, I hope so it's, it's the right thing to do and i hope they realize that and are ashamed of what they were doing like, yeah yeah pretty yeah it's pretty fucked up definitely um, switching gears, did you watch the Lego holiday special? Of course I did. What did you think? It was so adorable. I thought it was cute. It was it was cute, especially because, you know, my boyfriend, Carlos, who is a Lego enthusiast, um, some would say a Legos enthusiast, um, was waiting to watch it with me. Because it was something that he enjoyed. He's like, I want to enjoy it with the person I enjoy. Which is nice. So we watched it. We thought it was cute. What did you think? Oh, I I couldn't stand it. It drove me. Like, I I was bored and also annoyed. So, like, what annoyed you the most? I I mean, like, the humor just doesn't hit for me. There's only one point of that I actually laughed, and that is when, like, um, the one, like, on Tatooine when all the people start showing up and you just see half of Darth Maul, and he's just, like, hopping along on his torso, that, that actually popped me. That made me laugh. Everything else, I'm just sort of like, ugh. I didn't, I didn't like the whole, like, freaking out whiny Poe that didn't really work for me like I thought his sweater was cute but beyond that I'm just like this could be literally any character I did think it was slightly odd that they start with Finn being in training as a Jedi um since the last movie uh like almost like went out of its way to never actually answer that. Uh, it was a little bit weird. Oh, JJ. I do like that they remembered that their Porg is on the Falcon. Yeah, that was nice to remember. Again, thank you, JJ. That was cu- I like the Porgs. It was cute to bring in Chewbacca's family from the original holiday special. And I liked seeing Max Rebo. 
Yeah, it's always fun to see Max Rebo. Uh, I liked the Jedi training. I liked how we kind of got like a story in this and that, you know, Ray wants to help Finn with his Jedi training. Um, I always find it funny when they mess with like Darth Vader's character and make him seem really wimpy. So I enjoyed like Palpatine giving him shit and wanting to replace him with Kylo. Like I thought that was like the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> Uh, oh the other thing i liked is at the very end when you see that yoda is dressed up like the burlive snowman from the rankin bass rudolph that makes me want more stories knowing that that sweater exists (laughs) that was very cute everything else i'm just like i mean uh, like the fact that this is longer than most episodes of the mandalorian graded me a little bit but yeah yeah i thought it was cute i was only happy when it ended because i was really tired and i somehow didn't fall asleep during it which i which that means it's good that i didn't fall asleep during it so oh that's good yeah i really liked it it was cute i think everyone should watch it it would bring a smile to everyone's face hopefully i mean it brought a a slight smile to emily's face so we (laughs) we got this Yeah, I mean, it's there. Like, if you have little kids, you know, definitely, like, you know, maybe they'll enjoy it. I mean, I know I'm not the target audience for it. I was still hopeful, but no. Yeah, that's not, that's not gonna be one that I go back to. Yeah, but if you enjoy listening to music, you should watch Taylor Swift's Folklore uh, Pawn Sessions. I think that's what's called or something like that, where she sings her whole album, which is fun and exciting because they allowed her to say shit a lot. And it's Disney Plus and it's crazy that what they allow and don't allow. I don't know. I just I think it's interesting that um, like they covered up um, a woman's body parts. And um, what was that one mermaid movie? I don't remember. With, with Tom Hanks, but they allowed Taylor Swift to say shit. I don't know. Interesting. But it's good. If you like good music, listen, watch that. You know, you get some fun facts about the songs, too. You find out some very, very fun facts if you're a big Taylor Swift fan. So check that out. Um. Okay. The other thing we have to talk about before we get to some emails is... Uh... Mandalorian, episode four, chapter 12, The Siege. Uh, bringing back <sighs> Cara Dune. <laughs> Unfortunately. But there's lots of cute baby Yoda. Brittany, what did you think of this episode? It was bad. I fell asleep during it. <gasps> wow. How late was it when you were watching it? Oh, midnight. <laughs> Okay, that's slightly more acceptable, but still, damn. So did you go back and finish it? No, because it's worthless. <laughs> okay, uh, what are what are your complaints? Um, I, I thought the fight scenes were very boring. Um, I thought the amount of Cara Dune that I saw was very boring. Um, I hated that she was a marshal because you, you would think that your marshal is like, 
wants to spread positivity and safeness in the galaxy, but I mean that's not that that's not Gina Carano. Um, I I liked Baby Yoda in school. That was adorable and made me want to cry. I went from wanting to cry and to sleep in a span of fifteen to twenty minutes. So that was fun. Um, I did have to go back and read about um the hologram and you know that technically like they were in a laboratory rather than like a wherever they said they thought they were but yeah overall I just I I didn't enjoy this but what do you think um I don't want to say putting aside the Cara Dune stuff because you can't just put that aside Uh, at least I don't think you should like that's it's hard it's like I was really doing good on those first you know couple episodes of season not seeing her and it sucks because that's a character i used to enjoy and no longer do like i like i was wondering how i was going to feel when i saw her and how i feel when i saw her is really grossed out and i don't i can't like the character anymore like i just don't like the character anymore um and so that sucked um i think it's both silly and hilarious that they have this like secret imperial facility built on like lava fields like good job guys um i like Horatio sands being back uh i thought they they definitely did the he's a coward and grief karga has to threaten him to doing something like one too many times but there was lots of very cute baby Yoda. I like at the beginning when he's trying to get him to uh, put the wires in the right place. It was a very baby Groot scene, but I love baby Groot, so I'm okay with it being a very baby Groot scene. It's hilarious that he was trying to reason with this little baby to put the wire, blue, blue wire where the red wire used to be, and then the baby electrocutes himself because it's a baby, not an electrician. He's a terrible babysitter. Yeah, he's not a good babysitter. Like he's having Baby Yoda do all, all this adult things, and he hasn't go to school. Like Baby Yoda is like too young for school. Well, those are all like it'd be one thing if that was. It doesn't seem to be like that. School seemed to all be kids around the same age. Like if we had seen some other little bit like little little kids there, but they don't even like, like hand like be handed over to you know like a nursery droid or anything. Is plunk him down in the seat without a without a word to anybody, like at this desk, and then walk off. Shame on them all. That is not what you do with a baby. It's not because then the baby is going to do bad things like steal someone's macaroons. Yeah, they're like forty nine ninety nine packet of macaroons. I think they were briefly selling them in the Disney parks, but they sold out immediately. Oh, my God. Oh, Just make your own are, fucking macaroons. I mean, they're hard to make. And I get that, like, macaroons are well, fucking expensive anyway, but that is, like, super expensive. Ridiculous. Just another thing that is too expensive when it shouldn't be, you know, you just slap on the Star Wars logo on it. Or Baby Yoda, and it becomes like 30 bucks more expensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I liked when they were 
like when they're back in the razor crest and they're swooming all around and baby Yoda's like throwing his hands up in the air like it's a roller coaster. Baby Yoda's just cute. Like that's not, I realize it's not like a relevatory thing to say, but it's a very cute little baby. I know he has such a little personality too. And I feel like you're seeing it more like throughout the season and he's just doing like so many things that are adorable. Like when he was sitting in that school seat, like I, I lost it. Like I, I almost started crying cause it was so cute. I don't know if it was cause I'm tired, but I'm getting a little teary eyed now thinking about it. So I think that genuinely it is one of the cutest things I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, but we actually did get some important stuff this episode. Um, we see the hologram of Dr. Pershing, and basically they have been using the little baby Yoda's blood to do experiments on people, and it is uh, not going well. Um, bad things are happening to the, uh, uh, let, let's say, uh, I don't know, I was going to say volunteers. That's probably not true. Um, let's say subjects. Um and we see some creepy looking things in bats. And then at the end, we are on Moff Gideon's massive ship. It was good to finally see him. I'm assuming Brittany did not see this part. And yeah, I not- did. <laughs> so not only do they have a tracking device on the Razor Crest now. But we see uh, a whole bunch of dark figures um, who are probably going to turn out to be dark troopers who are like force-infused stormtroopers. I guess from one of the video games. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe fall in order. But I think I think that's that's I don't know. Like I'm slightly worried about that. Like it's weird because on the one hand I thought like they want the bit like I've been like that was my theory for a while and I was they want baby Yoda's blood to try to like recreate the force in people. But I don't know. I'm slightly worried about massive force wielding trooper army yeah i mean i I was awake during that part so um but you see the the being that's inside of the bacta tank and you know you wonder like what was that you know and it was funny because at the end of the episode when you know they open up the doors and moff gideon's in there (laughs) for a second i was i was like the snook's in there like, we're going to see Snoke, which doesn't really seem far off because, I don't know, the the season is still young. Who knows? Like, maybe we're going to meet Snoke. God, I hope not. I never want to see Snoke or hear Snoke ever again. Just another excuse for Steel to use the your Snoke theory <laughs> sucks stickers and memorabilia. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure I'll see another uptick in sales if that happens. But no. Um again, I liked that we're I like like we're finally seeing Moff Gideon. Um I've been wanting I've been wanting him 
every episode. And I think it's kind of smart they held off on that. And I do like knowing how smart he is, that he hasn't been chasing them around. He's like, well, he's probably going to come back to this planet eventually. So I'm going to have a guy there. And I'm assuming he had that on me. Like my, my assumption would be he probably had people on other planets too, like keeping an eye out for him in case he, you know, came back. But I like him being just super calm and focused and not being like crazy rage guy, you know? Yeah, he's very smart about all of this. And but also I think like a potentially smart thing that he's doing too is that you know, he's allowing this relationship to be built with the Mandalorian and the child. So it's going to be like so painful for the Mandalorian when, you know, potentially Moff Gideon snatches him out of his hands and, you know, possibly kills him like that would destroy the Mandalorian. And, you know, that is his mission right now to do that. And the fact that he is not accomplishing his mission would crush him. So I almost think like that's ingenious, too. I think I think he's I don't know. I think he's an interesting villain. And I mean, Esposito is just such a good actor that I'm always happy when he's on screen. But I, I want to keep finding out more about him and his motivations. And it sounds like from some recent interview that, that Esposito did, it sounds like we'll be hearing even more like digging into why he's doing what he's doing and what he thinks he's going to be accomplishing, which is cool. And I liked that we got a, a female Imperial officer, which we don't get. A ton of. Yeah, that was awesome. She was cool. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, and there's some fun little, there's fun little stuff like when um, they're making Horatio Sands go out to like overload the, <laughs> this is the wrong term, but uh, I think in, in like, is like in Star Trek terms of like uh, overloading the warp core but whatever the equivalent of that is to like shut down the the thing that's keeping the lava at bay. And he's like, there's not even a safety rail on this. And like, that's like, look, yeah, it's cheesy and dumb, but also it made me laugh because it's something, you know, you talk about all the time when you see the, like the, especially the, like the star destroyers or the death star, like these just insanely designed ships from, from the standards of like, not just like being able to fall down to your death. Like when you're doing a job. It's like me seeing like people at like a grocery store and being like, why aren't you wearing a mask? But no, I, I liked this one. Um, Obviously not as much as the others because the, the uh, Cara Dune-ness of it all really fucking sucks. Oh, the other thing that got... So when, um, when we're... Back on Navarro and um, the New Republic guy who we've seen a couple times this season. I don't remember the character's name. Um, the guy from Kim's Convenience is talking to her and is like, you're from Alderaan, right? And she's like, yeah. She's like, did you lose anybody? And I'm like, the, the, the entire fucking planet blew up. What do you think? <laughs> it's such a weird follow-up question. I just think it's funny that, you know, they're trying to, like, deepen her character and have her have this, like, grand backstory that she's from Alderaan. It just, we don't give a fuck. 
you know, and just that they they tried so hard to create this and to make us feel for her because, you know, it's a pretty big fa- thing, like losing your whole family, losing everyone from, you know, the planet being destroyed by the Empire. But yeah, we just don't care. You know, like, I don't care. I don't know anyone that does. Like, even when I was watching it with Carlos, he was just like, it just sucks because you just don't care because you know how shitty she is in real life that just every ounce of the likeness you had towards her character just goes away yeah it's just i don't know like it's not it's not something you can just be like eh, you know you can ignore it for the sake of the show like it's it's too it's too far beyond that but i don't know just fucking like confirm that she's off the show already please yeah I, I personally can't wait for it. And it's just it's interesting, too, because, like, my, my parents were reading something last night. And they asked me about it. Like, why do people not like Cara Dune? You know, I, I explained everything. And it just, it's interesting. You know, times are changing. And it's not being tolerated anymore for people to be shitty and to exclude others and to, you know, be transphobic. And it's time for, you know, companies like Disney to put their foot down and say, we don't tolerate this behavior anymore. And... You know, it's either time for them to, you know, say that she's not going to be on the show anymore or, you know, just kick her off and say, hey, or I don't know. It just it sucks that that she's still a thing in the Star Wars fandom or just community or just on my screen. Yeah. And like, I get that the season was already done, but just to like Mm -hmm. make make some sort of announcement. Yeah. Please. It's the right thing to do. Yeah, so next week is the Dave Filoni episode. And by that, I mean, like, two days from now, from when we're recording, but... Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. I'm just done being teased with Ahsoka. Like, just let it fucking happen already. Like, it's, I know that, you know, I'm going to be excited about watching it because it's a character that I've known for over 10 years and seeing her on the screen will be cool, you know, but also knowing Rosario Dawson and her history, it just, just don't tease us anymore. Just, 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 yeah, well, just let it happen. Yeah, I assume it's going to because it's the Filoni episode, but, um, yeah. Uh, should we get to email? We have a couple. Yeah. Okay. The first one is from Adele, and it is titled Baby Yoda Theory. <laughs> Disclaimer. I haven't watched the newest episode yet, so this may all be moot, but I have a theory about Baby Yoda that I haven't shared with anyone yet because I don't know if I want it to be true. It just fits well. Baby Yoda is a clone of Yoda. The Empire slash Emperor was obviously big into cloning technology, However, they were having issues cloning the Emperor and having the clone retain his force powers, so instead they started experimenting with genetic materials from other known force users, Yoda. That is why the Imperials are so afraid of losing their first successful force-using clone. They need him to successfully clone the Emperor. So, can we all just keep calling him Baby Yoda if this is true? Thoughts? I'm not, in big, I'm not big into the whole clone thing in general, so I'm not sure I even want to believe it, but so far it seems to fit in well. Pork for yours, Adele. Brittany? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good theory that he's a clone of Yoda and, you know, wanting to, you know, recreate Yoda, you know, knowing how powerful Yoda is. Like, imagine a world with a bunch of Yodas, you know, would that make all of us talk backwards? Who knows? I mean, I don't think, I don't think language is genetic so if if baby yoda starts talking and speaks backwards that when everybody around him doesn't speak like that i'm going to be really annoyed but um i don't want that to be true just because i i don't want any of this stupid rise of skywalker shit anywhere near my mandalorian because i really like the mandalorian and I mean, it seems inevitable at some point that we're going to get some, like, shitty Emperor cloning stuff, but I hope it's not, like, a big focus point because I hate it and I like this show. And if it goes in that direction where, like, that's the big thing, I'm not going to like this show anymore. Yeah, I want to trust that I'm going to like where they're going with the show but who knows like i i'm not too interested or fond of some of the events that happen in the sequel trilogy so uh, knowing that some of those events will intertwine with the mandalorian is eh, it's okay i just hope they do it well but you know the fact that we're probably getting that earlier than we think i don't know it just it, it raises a lot of questions you know how are they going to do it is it going to be good you know, knowing that they're bringing back all these old characters from the animated series, you know, like Ahsoka and Bo-Katan, you know, possibly Sabine, all these other rumors that we've heard. Hopefully not Ezra Bridger. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with it and if it's going to be good because I still have a feeling that it won't. And I'm unsure about this territory that they're crossing with the whole cloning thing. Yeah, I- yeah, I, I don't necessarily have a problem with Baby Yoda being a Yoda clone. I don't know. Like, I'd have to see how that played out. It's more just I I would worry about, like, the implications of that overall. I mean, obviously, like, we're going to get some cloning stuff here. But how much we get and whether they explicitly talk about the Emperor or not is, is sort of up in the air. So, I don't know. But thank you for writing in, though. Yeah. We also got an email from Frank over at the Toy Power Podcast, a podcast I recommend everybody listen to. Um, actually, in their most recent episode, they spent quite a bit of time talking about Mandalorian. Um, and like they talk about toys and stuff, but they talk about a lot of pop culture stuff too. And it's a lot of fun, and they're all good guys. Anyway, this is titled Future of Mando. Hi there, Canto ladies. Well, well, well. Now that we've seen Moff Gideon is still alive, it makes for a much more interesting show. But I keep coming back to that big episode one reveal of Boba. It's feeling like a Guy Ritchie film. Lots of little threads that weave together right at the end. I predict that Boba and the Mando fight very soon, most likely over the armor he currently ha- the armor he currently has. Boba gets away with a "I'll get you next time" kind of vibe. Then at the season's end, when it's time for a showdown with Gideon. Boba shows up and things look bad for a hero. Only when Boba sees what Gideon is up to, perhaps the dark saber changes his mind, he teams up with his fellow Mandalorians to take down the true evil. Roll credits. Post-credits stinger, the sole surviving Yoda blood clone turns the camera as a blue face, aka Thrawn. Keep up the good work, friends. 
rank. Okay, I'm gonna say I could do without the uh, the post credit stinger there, but no post credits in Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I'd be I'd be perfectly happy never seen Thrawn. I just I know I know how popular he is. I just don't care. Um, yeah, I can I can see all that. I mean, definitely, it seems like we got to have a. a Mando versus Boba Fett fight at some point, whether he ends up, you know, where Boba like stays, a, a, you know, quote unquote villain or not, they gotta fight. Yeah, I really want to see them on screen together. I think that's so awesome that you know they actually got Tamora Morrison back, you know, as Boba Fett, you know, as he should be. So. I I want to see, you know, where he ends up or, you know, if he ends up saving like the Mandalorian's ass next week if something happens to him. I don't know. Like, I have a feeling that they're going to be friends. And I like the idea that the Mandalorian has all these friends in different planets and that, you know, they might all, you know, come together to like help him out. Like, I love that sort of, you know, friends from far away, you know, coming together to help save the day kind of thing. Like, I think that's fun and and cool. I'd like that. Yeah, and because I, I, I do think it would be interesting if, if um, Bo is turning and helping um, Mando would be like on seeing the stolen Darksaber. I think that would be cool. Um, and also it would be neat to see Boba like helping out the Mandalorians since there's the whole like thing with him not actually being a Mandalorian. But I'm also just curious to see how the show addresses the, like that whole thing. Anyway, um, yeah, we're already we're already going to be on episode five. It seems like we got to get some big dramatic moments. I think so. I mean, I'm I'm pretty satisfied with it so far. I think from the first episode with um, the marshal, like I I'm good. Like that was just so good. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready for him to come back. Me too. Can he? Can we give him his own show? Yeah, it seems like we're giving everybody else in the fucking world their own show. Can we have our own show? <laughs> okay. Can that show just be where I look at Timothy Oliphant? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want, basically. He's very, very sexy. Yeah, a Disney Plus exclusive show it's not a limited series hopefully Brittany anything else that you want to talk about today no I I think we covered everything Star Wars yeah you know there's other stuff like we're hearing more and more about a Boba Fett spinoff but I don't know I'm sort of like at this point like we've heard Boa Fett rumors project so many times, or even if I think this one like seems to have some like pretty good stuff behind it, I can't, I can't, I can't talk about a potential Boa Fett series now until we have like official like, hey, there's going to be a Boba Fett series, and here's the person doing it. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I just don't want to be overwhelmed with the amount of series that we have you know for people like a boba show 
uh, Marshall show, uh, Mendo show, a <laughs> bunch of different shows. Oh, speaking of shows, how are our friends, the geek dudes doing? Um, they seem to be doing okay. Um, uh, last week was a hey, hey week, not a geek dudes week. Cause they were recording tomorrow, I guess, or well, yeah, Friday. Um, so yeah, nothing new to report there. Although, as we are recording this, it is uh, Jordi Uncle Mitch's birthday. So, happy birthday to Mitch. Happy birthday to the Dirty Uncle, which we don't know why he's dirty, but apparently he's dirty. I mean, I've heard some stories, but... You've heard the story? No, I've heard some stories. Oh. Oh, I want to hear, like, the story. Like, the story that, like, crowned him, like... The, the dirty Uncle Mitch. I don't know. You should ask him. I don't know how you approach someone with a question is. I mean, he goes as, into this. Sh- he goes into this show. Hey, Mitch, tell Brittany why you got the title Dirty Uncle Mitch. Or hey, Chris, because I'm the, like it's Fresh is the one who always calls him that. Tell Brittany why. I don't know if there is one story. I think he's just a dirty uncle. I think he's a nice man. He is a nice man. That's not in dispute. Oh, no, of course not. They're all nice men, including your fiancé, Chris Fresh. He's very nice. Although, if he keeps correcting me about Legos, then I'm going to have a problem, but that's okay. I like that other people have gotten involved in the Legos thing now. I love that that Rick now, anytime, is there backing me up. That amuses me greatly, because I know it bothers people. I think it's so funny, just like the the little things that bother people. Yeah, I mean, I have all sorts of little like speech things that bother the hell out of me, but as this one, I think it's hilarious. So I'm going to continue to say Legos. Yeah, great. I will too. <laughs> Mostly because I think the like reaction to it is very outsized. Like it's just such a small thing that people don't need yeah. to care about. Um, let's see. Anything else? Oh, uh, this will be, I mean, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Um, so this will actually be coming out on Thanksgiving, or maybe I'll put it up tonight, uh, depending on how quickly I get it edited. But happy Thanksgiving to people who celebrate that. Um, otherwise, hey, I hope you're enjoying your Thursday or possibly Friday in Australia, again, depending on when I get this out. Um, other than that, Brittany, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Instagram as Brittany the Ginger. What about you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EF Lind. The show is at Twitter and Instagram, Cantobite Pod. You can send us your thoughts or theories like Adele and Frank did, or you can send us questions, and that is CantobitePod at gmail.com. Other than that, you know, rank and review us on Apple Podcasts or SoundCloud or love to listen to the show. Um, thank you for listening and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Uh, Canto bitch number one doing it fulcrum style. Uh, check it out.
listen up, y'all, cause this is it. Fuck all the rest, be a canto bitch. Brittany, the Jinch, and Emily Lynn. Bet on these two to show place and win. These are the girls you've been looking for. Unique takes on Star Wars and more. Listen every week for laughs and fun. Take it from me, canto bitch number one. Should know I've been down since day one.